0: Welcome to Christian Financial Perspectives, a weekly program where we talk about ways to integrate your faith with your finances. This is Bob Barber.
1: This is Mary Jo Lyons.
0: Are you ready to learn the truth about money from a biblical perspective?
1: Join us as we discuss what God's Word says about money and integrating your faith with your finances. If it's your first time listening, welcome to the program. And if you're a returning listener, welcome back.
0: 1 John 3. Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth. So we will be confident when we stand before
1: God. Oh, those are great, Bob. Great scripture choices for today's episode. Uh, You know, Bob, this week we have something really important to share with our listeners. And that's how to talk to the people we care about regarding money. Specifically in this week's show, we're going to talk about talking. Talking to your kids, talking to your parents, and talking to your spouse about financial issues. And that one in itself is a pretty meaty one. So I think we're going to make this a series and we'll probably try to tackle that one next week. What do you think?
0: I think it's great. Yeah, let's, let's do a two-part series. Today we'll share some ideas about talking to your kids and your parents. Now, wait a second. That's different, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it is.
0: <laughs> because you think about it, our generation, when I say I well, I shouldn't say yeah, yeah, you I'm giving away our age now a little bit. Like my mom is still alive and I've got my children, you know, coming up too. So it's called the sandwich generation and more and more the sandwich generation is getting larger because we're living longer. Does that make sense?
1: Oh, certainly.
0: Yeah. This week we're going to be talking about the kids and the parents, and next week we're just going to talk about some ideas of, about talking with your spouse, which we know can be difficult because talking with your spouse can be the tough one. So we thought we'd devote an entire program to just having that money talk with your spouse. Sounds like fun. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, we're going to try to make it more fun and, and really kind of set, some, set the stage of why it's so important. And we're calling these episodes All in the Family. So from experience counseling our clients, we know that money can separate families. But we also know that if there's one thing families want more than anything, it's harmony. But that does seem to be challenging. Some families, it's more challenging than others. Um, And yet communicating with those we love the most can in many times, it's just incredibly hard. So Bob, do you think it's impossible to actually talk about money and maintain harmony?
0: Well, I don't think it's impossible, but it can be, it can be done. And I think, you know, it has to be done in a loving way and very carefully. I think we need to start off in prayer before you want to talk to your family about it. Open up that communication barrier and try to get that barrier out of the way you know mary Joan, really be led by the holy spirit and uh and watch our tongue things that we might say that are hurtful you know i was i was thinking about this and when i was thinking about talking about this i was thinking about james 3 9 and it says with the tongue we can praise our lord and father but with it we can also curse human beings who have been made in god's likeness so we really need to be careful when we're discussing this to make sure that we're in harmony with our family because family harmony is really what God wants. But it doesn't happen. It doesn't just come along easily many times for many people. So it may take some effort. But you know, Mary Jo, you and I as trusted financial advisors, we're called upon to assist our clients with creating that legacy and help them talk openly about those financial issues and we want to help them create a spiritual legacy, but we want to help them create that monetary money legacy for the family as well, if it's done in a wise way. I just feel like Mary Jo so much. We're also counselors. Uh, Nathaniel just said today in our office, he said, you need to get a major in psychology and a minor in finance to be.
1: <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> instead,
0: of the, instead of the other way around. You know, it's interesting that you say that's true because it really is.
1: Yes, well said. You know, I know some families don't relish the thought of creating an open dialogue, having that discussion. They fear that conflict is going to arise because that's what they've experienced so often. But talking with our parents and our kids about money can be difficult for a lot of different reasons. Number one, and it can evoke unpleasant memories from childhood.
0: You know, the thing that our own parents may not have had a healthy relationship with money. So They may have had too much or actually too little growing up.
1: It wasn't talked about growing up. A lot of times it was just hush-hush. They never dealt with money openly.
0: You know, I think the older generation is like that, especially those that grew up in the 30s and 40s. You don't discuss finances. You know, some parents want to shelter their kids from all the money concerns too, and, and that's not such a wise choice.
1: Well, and then some of them in affluent households, they don't have as many money concerns. So it's, it's not a constant source of struggle within the family. So there is that to consider as well. But a lot of times, uh, parents only discuss finances behind closed doors.
0: And there can be cultural issues when it comes to talking about money also. Would you not agree?
1: Oh, absolutely. And there are certain cultures that, you know, it's just very taboo. We're not talking about making this a public conversation. This is really just among your immediate family. And so we've kind of been trained and brought up to avoid talking about money and politics. But that's really not what we're talking about.
0: I think there's some really good points that you have in here. Like you might not want to give up control or you may feel out of control.
1: Exactly. And, you know, I think one of the big ones that parents are concerned about, and elderly parents, for example, they're afraid that their kids will judge them. They also may no longer be able to handle money. And they also are afraid they're going to get taken advantage of. There's so much that we hear about about seniors that are victims to fraud and um, predator practices, if you will. So it's a big concern for families. And also the health care costs can be a, a lifetime of savings without a plan in place. So are they prepared? That's certainly something that you want to talk to them about.
0: You know, Mary Jo, really the, the family dynamics, they play all into this. And there's those sibling rivalries that happen sometimes. And I think you have something that you wanted to share here that your mom gave you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I just remember, you know, once when we were, as we got older and spouses came into the mix, one year at Christmas, she gave us each a book on sibling rivalry. Unfortunately, it didn't help, <laughs> but it was a good thought.
0: You know, another thing is many times you may rely on the oldest child, and that may be a good idea or it may not be. It depends on if that oldest child is really good with finance. And many times they are because of just, you ever heard of the birth order before?
1: Oh, sure. And there's certain personality traits depending on what order you fall into.
0: Because all those children are different. I know with my three, they're very different. One can be very conservative. One can be very liberal. And then one can be right in the middle. And it, again, a lot of times it has to do with that birth order. Children got to be careful because they can use money to control or manipulate one parent over the other. A child that maybe has grown up very wealthy in a wealthy family can definitely have a sense of entitlement to the parent's money. I've seen this helping people over the years, especially if they were raised in wealth. And you know, jealousy can come between those brothers and sisters in the later years.
1: I think you're absolutely right. And there was one thing as you were talking that kind of popped into my mind. It amazes me in my family growing up, and there were four of us all within about five years of each other. So we were very close together in age. And what was interesting, even though we may only be a year apart, our vision or our version and interpretation of a situation that we approached as a family is very different depending on how old we were at the time it happened. And so that really changes your perception. And it's kind of amazing to me. We were all raised in the same house, but we all had different um, feelings regarding certain situations.
0: You know, Mary Jo, when we get back to the birth order and talking about that, and I've studied some of that too, it's interesting Let's say a family has five children. You will have a characteristic maybe of the fourth or fifth child take on the same characteristic as the oldest child, especially if they're some years apart.
1: Oh, that makes sense.
0: Does that make sense?
1: Yes, it does. So, you know, there's a a long list of the family dynamic and how complicated it can go on and on. And, you know, Bob, putting off these conversations, it's a decision in and of itself. It suggests we lack conviction about what we believe. There's another scripture that I think speaks to this. Faith by itself, it is not accompanied by action, it's dead. And that's from James chapter 2, verse 17.
0: It kind of reminds me of the program that we made on procrastination. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and they can find that if they go back and look in the archives.
0: They sure can. And By the way, you can do that just by going to... Uh, Christian Financial Podcast. You can go look for that and listen to that one on your smartphone or on your computer, wherever you'd like. So let's discuss some action steps, Mary Jo, that we can share with those listening and how to open up that conversation. You know, I, I like what you say to start out, you know, about first talking with, with your aging parents about money if they're still around.
1: You know, and it's it's important to create that open and honest conversation with your parents about their financial situation, their desires, their concern, and especially about their fears as they age and regarding their money before it's too late, before an illness or dementia makes this impossible.
0: So you're just saying, just to start that open dialogue. I mean, that sounds pretty scary for a lot of folks, including me. Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, yes, and so we're going to look at some ideas to hopefully give them some help and some some ideas to facilitate that conversation.
0: Because I see is is you know talking to your aging parents about finances can be definitely be a source of anguish. Uh, could create lots of uncertainty you know, your family will definitely be in a stronger position if you do talk about it in advance rather than after the fact. And we know what we mean by after the fact.
1: That's exactly right, Bob. And you know, one of the things that uh, from a cost perspective, when you fail to plan, costs tend to increase and options become limited. That's especially true with aging parents as, you know, because dementia is so real and it's such a high probability. So. You want to have all this in place and have these understandings before that happens.
0: It's a good idea, if, you know, like you say, before it happens to even get with some legal counsel. This is where estate planning comes into play. Because estate planning is not just about setting up the will for after you're gone, but it's also about the power of attorneys, the medical power of attorneys. You can set up a trust, so if you're incapacitated, You can put a corporate trustee in play there. So there's a lot of things you can do, and you can talk to that about your children so that pressure won't be on them if one doesn't want to act as the trustee. So there's a lot of different ideas behind this that is just too many to name, but we're here to help you through these minefields. Two ways to accomplish this is help your parents by saying you've done a good job. Don't go in putting them down and then share the news about your own planning process if you've done it yourself.
1: I think that's great advice, Bob. So you can start by letting them know how much you appreciate what they've done for you over the years and how they've helped you. Compliment them if, it, if they've done a good job where it's appropriate. And, you know, especially if they've done a great job of saving over the years, that's a great place to compliment them and start the conversation going. But if they've struggled financially, ask, do you have any concerns about your financial future?
0: You know, another approach, Mary Jo, is to let them know that you have recently met with a financial planner of your own. And this process can remind you that you really don't know much about their wishes. And you can ask if they would feel comfortable sharing more about their financial goals, their end-of-life wishes, and their estate plans.
1: You know, people are living longer than ever, and the risk of age-related diseases is increasing at an alarming rate. So who do they want to help them with this if they become frail and incapacitated or worse yet, begin to suffer the effects of cognitive decline? So have they thought about that and, you know, kind of what are their wishes in that regard?
0: So as we get a little bit deeper into this and some more questions, another great question to ask is if they could design an end of life plan, what would it look like? And this should help get that ball rolling.
1: Absolutely. And in the Bible, God's word commands us to honor our parents in the first book of Timothy chapter five, verse four. But if she has children or grandchildren, their first responsibility is to show godliness at home and repay their parents by taking care of them. This is something that pleases God. So part of honoring our parents is to support them in their old age.
0: Just as it's important to talk to your aging parents about their financial situation, it's also just as equally important to include your own children in discussions about family finances. So if we're in the middle, we can share with both.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: And another challenging discussion.
1: Talking to your kids about money is another challenging discussion. Bob, speaking about talking with our kids about money, during the 1990s, it just seemed like money grew on trees. We had a robust market. It was very much a bull market. Investment portfolios grew significantly. A lot of people used their home equity as a line of credit. This came to a screeching halt, however, after the market crash in 2008. It seems now, though, that after years of a bull market more recently, we're seeing some of these same signs of, that this cycle could repeat itself. And the things that concerns me about this is the negative impact it has on young people who don't have the business of wisdom gained in previous economic or market cycles. They haven't lived through the downturn. So they're not used to doing without. And you know, students are getting credit card offers at young ages before they even have a job or a source of repayment. And students are using loans and credit cards to pay for the rising cost of a college education. So this is already creating a hardship.
0: Yeah, i tell you what. You know, that credit, Mary Jo, may look like a great option to assist with college costs, but without a strong discipline, that can create a financial crisis in the making. And I'm, just think about this. For young adults, the added burden of mounting student loan debt in an uncertain job market could be a non-starter, and it could take many years to pay it off. I've seen this many times when I'm talking with the younger You know, those that are just getting out of college and trying to start something, they want to start something, but they have so much debt looming over them. Talking with your kids about managing credit and helping them to understand, don't just go out there and take all those credit card offers. It's really better to go cash if you can. And giving them the opportunity to do so while they're under your guidance is a great life lesson because I tell you, we don't learn this in school.
1: No, they sure don't. You know, financial illiteracy is rampant. Parents think their kids are getting the basics of personal finance in school, but this is just no longer the case. You know, we learned about budget by balancing a checkbook, but kids today, they don't even know what a checkbook is. In fact, according to a study from Visa USA from 2003, nearly half of young people think they are more likely to become millionaires by starring in a reality TV series than by working and learning how to budget and save wisely.
0: Let's make a deal. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, Advertisers and credit card companies, they're targeting young people because they have spending influence. I'm not even sure I know what that is, but social media is making this all just even worse.
0: Oh, Oh, you know what it is. Come on. Yeah. When you're on the internet and you're going from site to site, It's all targeting you because it knows exactly what the last thing that you looked at. You know how if we go look up a vacation to Florida and the next 10 times we go on the internet, it's going to be advertising vacations to Florida for us.
1: That's so true.
0: You know, really, it's never too early to have that family discussion about budgeting. Bottom line, it's very necessary to have that. And we're not saying that you can't go buy some of the nicer things in life, but you really need to teach and be modeling it yourself and allow children that opportunity to even plan a budget. Maybe next time you go to the grocery store, have your children plan out, you know, you say, we've got $350 to spend here. Of course, they may buy all candy and Fruit Loops. But, But, you know, if they're 10 or 11, 12 years old, talk to them about that and help them to understand when we go to the grocery store, this is all we've got. Now, Mary Jo, that's today where it's so different. You've got the debit card, you've got the credit card, where it used to be, this is the amount of cash you had. And if you spend it all, it's gone. So teach them that mom and dad have to work hard to keep everything in budget and have to work hard to provide. And that that takes funds from other opportunities such as giving and saving and even those great family vacations that can create memories for a lifetime.
1: That's so true, Bob. And I love the way you said we only have $350 to spend. So let's break that down a little bit more. So we've got a week and $350. And so how many meals is that? So how much can we spend on each meal? And if dinner is going to cost the family ten dollars, then that means we have seven for lunch and maybe five for breakfast.
0: Okay, I'm getting my calculator out here. Just a just a second. (laughs) I'm gonna say three (laughs) hundred fifty dollars divided by twenty one. Okay, what is that? About sixteen dollars a meal, right?
1: Wow. So got got your answer. (laughs) How big is that family? That's more like five. Yeah. Family of five. So, uh, but it's a great practice, no matter what the family budget is. So it's a way to just get the kids involved. And kids from families that never discuss money or establish spending limits are often the first to get in financial trouble as young adults. They just assume that mom and dad will bail them out. And I encourage you to give some thought to raising savvy financial citizens. They'll just be better people.
0: Exactly. And we want to make sure that we talk to our kids about giving because giving, as you know, releases the bondage that greed has over us. So don't just talk to them about money and budgeting and spending, but show them the joy of giving. Get them involved in giving to missionaries or to the church. And think about how will you involve them in giving as well as the satisfaction of it. And as you're their financial leader as the parent, so show your children how to be good and faithful stewards.
1: You know, Bob, as kind of growing up, you saw those banks that had spend, save, give. And I always thought that that was a great way when kids started getting an allowance to teach them them that about giving and how important those three work together. You know, and every family has a money history. So we just want to encourage you to start the conversation, talk money in a way that matters with the ones that matter most. Another scripture that we'll leave you with, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And that's from Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6.
0: And we encourage you to listen in to next week as we explore talking to your spouse about money and ways to have that money talk. You are listening to Christian Financial Perspectives. Join us next week as we explore what God's Word says about money. And don't forget, you can sign up for our free newsletter at ciswealth.com or give us a call at 877-71-TRUTH. That's 877-718-7884. To make sure you don't miss any of our podcasts regarding the truth about money. Be sure to subscribe to Christian Financial Perspectives at christianfinancialpodcast.com for free. If there are any specific topics you would like to hear more about, we'd love to hear from you.
1: That's all for now. Until next week. Comments from today's show are for informational purposes only and not to be considered investment advice or recommendations to buy or sell any company that may have been mentioned or discussed. The opinions expressed are solely those of the host, Bob Barber, and Mary Jo Lyons. Bob and Mary Jo do not provide tax advice and encourage you to seek guidance from a tax professional. Investment Advisory Services offered through Christian Investment Advisors, Inc., DPA CIS Wealth Management
0: Group, a registered investment advisor.